Come on out, girls. Uh, one of my singers left out to do something. But anyway, so I guess I get to talk longer. Yay. Uh, um, this song that the girls and I are going to sing is Take My Life and Let It Be. And that last song at Calvary kind of began to play into it a little. Jesus. My whole life is for Jesus. Um, would you go to John chapter 19 and, and follow along as I read here in this passage? And we're going to jump, we're going to skip through chapter 18, all the, all the, uh, just the horrible way in which they treated Jesus, um, beginning with, with the Sanhedrin and the, the high priest and, and the denial. Um, would you click on the next slide? Denial. And uh, of Jesus uh, by Simon Peter. And then we come to chapter 19. In chapter 19, uh, Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put purple robe on him. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, King of the Jews, and to give him slaps in the face Pilate came out again and said to him, or said to them, as the Jewish council, the Jewish people who had gathered, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. So, When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law uh, he ought to, to die because he made himself out to be the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate, sorry, Pilate heard the statement, He was even more afraid, and he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you, and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin." As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on their judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, uh, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. So they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he then handed him over to them to be crucified. They took Jesus, therefore, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two other men, one on either side, and Jesus in between. 
Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Verse 5 and 14 I found fascinating as I was reading through this passage. First, when he cries out, Pilate cries out, Behold the man. And then finding out that Jesus had claimed to be God the Son, a little bit of fear within him. He goes in and questions Jesus again. And yet he gives in to the crowd and he comes out and he yells, Behold your King. And the challenge I want us all to take in this week is that, and to accept and to live with, is not only that take my life and let it be consecrated to you, but that we would truly behold him, look at him, fix our eyes upon him. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 comes to mind. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Looking to Jesus. Behold or look at the man. God the Son. Son of man. Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so again, I want to challenge you this today and this week, and as we go on into the rest of this year, that we would fix our eyes on Jesus and run this life, this race with endurance. And so... Let us behold or look at the man. Would you click the next slide for me? Let us view his past, his present, and his future. Oh, maybe it did work. All right. <laughs> First, let us behold his past. What Jesus has done in John 19, 5 through 19, which we just read. I also want you to think back on John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. And as I alluded to a little while ago, Jesus is not only our King, not only our Savior, but He is our Creator. And John 1, 1 through 5, I think is significant. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was a light of men. And so, I just want to kind of put some words together about who Jesus is, try to describe some different things about who He is and what He has done in the past. In the past, He's created us. He is the Creator. Nothing would exist apart from Jesus Christ, okay? Right? Amen. Praise the Lord. He is not only King, but Creator. And yet, He came and added humanity and He gave His life. He was rejected. He was despised. And he was crucified. He became our vicarious victor. That is a reference to his vicarious atonement. That is, he is a substitute for us. 
He died once for all in our place as a payment and a satisfactory atonement for our sins. 1 Peter 3.18. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also died for sins once for all. Once. Because he is the creator, because he is God, because he is God the Son, it only happened to have, only had to happen once. If you go into Hebrews 9, 24 through 28, he elaborates on this just a little bit more. And I encourage you to look at that passage and how in the Old Testament, the high priest had to go in frequently. And year after year on the Passover, they would go in. But now we have the once for all Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, who died once for all so we could be saved, so we could be forgiven. And so 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. You know, if we had to pay for our sins, right, we could never do it. And that's why people will spend all of eternity in hell. They will never be able to pay for their sins in full if they do not accept the the, penalty, the, the price that Jesus paid and turn to Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. They can't do it. Over and over and over and over again, they would never satisfy the righteous judgment or wrath of God. And so his vicarious atonement was that the offended party or the perfect party who was sinned against, suffered and died in our place through justice and love being displayed and a once for all completed sacrifice. That is, not only did Jesus take the penalty for our sins upon himself as he died upon the cross, but he was the one that we sinned against. Because he is fully God and fully man. But that's just the first part of the statement. He is also victor, right? He is a victor. That is, he conquered the grave and rose again and the resurrection chapter. Just put that down, right? Everybody knows where the resurrection chapter is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So if I ever ask you, kids and adults, what is the resurrection chapter? The answer I want to hear, whether you think I'm right or wrong, is 1 Corinthians 15. And when you get to chapter 50, or I mean verse 50, all right, all right. Chapter 15, verse 50 through 58, we see there at the end, in about 54, 55, we see that it says that Jesus conquered the grave. He rose again, and in that chapter we see that there was over 500 brethren that saw Jesus alive at one time. And so when we come back, Next Sunday, on Resurrection Day, we're going to say, praise the Lord, he is no longer in the grave, he is risen. Amen. I wasn't looking for that, but I'm glad some of you were sharp, ready to go. He is risen. So what Jesus has done is past ensures our eternal salvation, our eternal life. Praise the Lord. We would not have a relationship with God the Father if it wasn't for what Jesus has done. 
We wouldn't even exist if Jesus didn't exist. And if Jesus didn't come to die on the cross for us, we would have no eternal life. Um, yeah, one family statement in the Connells is, don't forget who you are. Never forget who you are. Never forget who you are. You are a saved son or daughter if you have turned to Jesus Christ. If you have turned to the King and Creator of the universe, never forget it. So behold your King. Behold your Savior. Look to Him. Fix your eyes on Jesus and run with endurance. Secondly, behold not only what He has done, but what He is doing now. Praise the Lord. What He is doing now. And so secondly, we see the present. The present. In verse four, John 14, 2 through 3, we, I had a, a, a family of young kids quote it to me. You will be rewarded for quoting this passage, John 14, 1 through 6. Right now, I just want to look at verses 2 and 3 within that passage. Okay? In John 14, 2 through 3, it says, well, I guess I'll start at the beginning. It's hard not to. And... Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And Jesus is the way to that place that he's preparing. And so when we look at this passage, I just think Jesus was a carpenter and he is a carpenter, right? He's preparing a place. He's a patient carpenter. Right now he's preparing a place for us. Whether that means he's actually you know, making things. You know, we have a picture here of him preparing a place for us. What we know for sure is that we have a home with him someday and he is making it ready. So now he is preparing a place for us. Now he is waiting for the perfect time to come to us. I refer to this verse frequently. I think it's a good verse to underline. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, John 14, 18. John 14, 18. Jesus said, No, I will not abandon you as orphans. Right? I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He will come again. He is coming again. Not only that, but He is a perfect intercessor. Right? He intercedes on our behalf. 1 John 2, 1. We looked at this briefly last week, but 1 John 2, 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He Himself is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. We don't have time to go into that wonderful word of propitiation. But here we see that He's an advocate. That advocate in 1 John 2, 1 is one who speaks in our defense, which is translated from parakletos, which Jesus said we would have a parak- he would send the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, who is a helper. Right, kids? Helper. 
But Jesus is our helper now in heaven as he intercedes on our behalf. Romans 8.34, Romans 8.34 says, Who is the one who condemns Christ Jesus? Is he who died? Yes, rather, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who also intercedes for us? He's our advocate, our intercessor. And he's our mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one one mediator, also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That Hebrews passage I referred to earlier also pointed to it. Jesus is our high priest. He is the one that intercedes for us. He is the one that goes before the Father and says, no, I paid for that. That, that one's that one there. Over there, that one's mine. And Jesus knows us all by name. He knows the number of the hairs on our head. The Father knows as well. But Jesus is our mediator Jesus has not left you alone. Remember, we have, have studied how he and the Father sent the Holy Spirit. You are not left alone, right? Even when no one else is around, you are not alone. Okay, kids? Adults, you're not alone. Yet you must also understand that he is at work presently for your future, and while he is at work for you, for you and your future, he intercedes for you right now. And the best illustration I can think of at the moment is, is when you have, have to hold something up with your hands, right? You know, we had the kids hold it above their head. Now just think about when you're putting a curtain rod up, men, when you're doing your honeydews. Curtain rod, any, do, men, do you help your wives? I hope so, maybe. Putting a curtain rod up in the air, or maybe you're under your under the the vehicle, and you're trying to either put the drive shaft, connect the drive shaft to the transmission, or or you're trying to put the transmission and connect it to the engine. Anybody ever been there? You've been on, you're under there a long time, and you're trying to get it to move. Maybe you have it on a jack, but you just need one more hand, right? For that curtain rod, you need one more hand, somebody to to put the screw in or the nail in, right? You know, in the worst case scenario, it doesn't compare to how great a help Jesus is for us. He is there for us with more than just an extra set of hands. He bore our burdens for us. And now he walks with us through this life. And so I just want to challenge you all. Maybe you don't get that set of hands while you're trying to put something up physically, right? But Jesus is there with you. And so fix your eyes on him and run that race with endurance. Bear under your burden, looking to Christ. Finally, look to the man, behold the king, and see what he will do. What will Jesus do? Turn to Revelation 20. Revelations chapter 20. And we will close here in just one moment. But I want you to see just a couple of things. And we are just briefly looking at an overview. And sometimes people just want to look at an overview about the future. But there's a lot of things that will take place. And those are wonderful truths that, that solidify uh, your faith if you're able to investigate those or learn about what's going to take place in the future. But here... Just briefly in in Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. 
Here is the judgment seat of Christ. He judges the living and the dead. A couple other verses that you could, you could put down is, could you click, I don't know what I'm doing on my slide, but click a couple ahead, Josh, for me. But Jesus will judge righteously. There's no place for them to escape. In Acts 10.42, Acts 10.42, and 2 Timothy 4.1, and 1 Peter 4.5, so that's Acts 10.42, if you're writing those down. 2 Timothy 4.1, and 1 Peter 4.5 says that he judges the living and the dead. No one will escape his righteous judgment. And he is coming quickly. Revelations 1.7. And look at 22.20 here. 22.20 says, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus is coming. And he is coming quickly. But in Revelation 20, verse 11, we see that he's sitting on his throne in 2 Peter 3, 7. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. There will be judgment. So Jesus will come and judge righteously. And so praise the Lord that we can fall on our knees before Christ today and find forgiveness and therefore we are no longer, we are no longer have to, to pay for our own sins, but Jesus paid for them. His righteousness has been credited to our account. Our, he has taken our sins into his account and he has paid for them in full. And so we've been forgiven. And so those of us who have believed are saved from judgment, those who have not will be cast into the eternal sea of fire, which is honestly a good thing because of God's holiness and because if Jesus is going to make things perfect, that's how it has to be. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but I do understand that Jesus is a perfect judge and even when I am saddened or confused about some things and why people don't turn to him, he knows he is perfect in his judgment. Okay? He would not have come to die on the cross if he didn't have to. But it, he will perfect everything. 21, 1 through 5. Okay? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be among them. Praise the Lord. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, or crying, or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. These things will happen. Um, The movie, The Passion. 
when Jesus is, they portray Jesus walking with his cross falling and Mary comes along and he says, look, mother, I make all things new. Because he paid the price, because he rose again, all things will be made new. We are made new when we believe in him. We are made into a new creation. Okay? But we're waiting for the full revelation, the full fulfillment of that. And praise God, we can trust that these things will be because of what Jesus has done. We can trust that these things will take place because of what Jesus is doing and that he has not left us alone. And so just a challenge for us as we walk through this week, as you look at some of the things, as you go through what Jesus had to endure, and then we we end up on Resurrection Day, the question for us to, to ask ourselves is, where do I stand today? Have I trusted in Christ as my Savior and Jesus as my personal Savior seeking forgiveness? You know, there are moments when we'd like to be in in His arms, aren't there? And not have to endure the things of this world. There's a lot of good things that we're blessed with. But there are moments when we'd like to be in His arms, aren't there? Because it isn't always easy. Yet, we can look to Jesus and know we are not left alone. We have a sure future in Him and therefore we can continue to walk this life life knowing that He is there to help us. And so just a challenge. Fix your eyes on Him. Are you looking to Him? And run or walk through this life trusting fully in Him persevering through the most difficult moments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You in all that You've done to show Your love to us and all that You will do. Um, not only uh, that You showed Your love, but You ensured our, our eternal life and You've given it to us. Those of us who trusted in You trusted in your Son, Jesus Christ, and have sought forgiveness of sins in Him, of our sins. We ask, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would guide each one as they go out of this building today and that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them, that uh, they would be able to, to evaluate what really matters and that they would be able to fix their eyes to look to you, to behold you and what you've done um, through all of it. That they would have the strength and the stamina to continue to look to you and to do all that you have asked us to do, to follow you, Lord. Guide us, we ask, guide us Lord, to, to be more discerning about what really matters. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we have the opportunity to worship the Lord in, in, in giving. And so could I...